conversion therapy, and I'm Karen. I'm Bonnie. So welcome. You're here, and we're happy yeah. about that. Take a seat. <laughs> I was going to tell Bonnie earlier, she was doing more research, and I was going to say, how long is this going to take you because my sit bones are hurting? That is so weird that you referenced sit bones because that's exactly why I did what I did yesterday. And you know what that means, but the people listening don't. So, <laughs> And they're thankful. Um, I, I, I went to get one of those bicycles that's also an elliptical machine. And it was on Craigslist, and it was an awesome bargain. So I drove down to Miami to get it, which is like maybe an hour plus away. Um, and... You know, I don't know how much you've traveled with the whole coronavirus COVID thing happening, but suddenly it becomes, first of all, not an exciting thing to go somewhere because you really can't stop off on the way down and You're pop in. You're just going to that one thing. You're just yeah. going to go down for one thing and then come right back. And, yeah. and I, I mean, I haven't farted around in a Starbucks like I usually like to do, um, so... Uh, in addition to the fact that you don't want to have to stop anywhere and go to the bathroom because you don't know <laughs> what condition they're going to be in. Did you wear a diaper like the woman? Who <laughs> like the astronaut? With yep. The love triangle? <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, I, I caught myself taking vitamins before I went down and going, idiot, stop drinking water before you get in a car. <laughs> and then what if I got to the guy's place and I needed to go to the bathroom there? And then I was going to go into somebody's apartment and possibly get murdered. Anyway, so um, I did. I saw you didn't the- <laughs> even tell people why you were going. So now let's just, Bonnie was going to do a trick. That's it. <laughs> A trick. We need an illusion, <laughs> Michael. Um, so, so I go down there, and the only person I told was Karen, and I gave her the address and the phone number of the guy, and I said, <laughs> if, if I show up missing, this is where I'm going, because um, I didn't want to be talked out of it. Anyway, oh, but so you're like, <laughs> I'll tell Karen because she doesn't care, right? <laughs> no, because by then I was a block or two away. But, um, but no, I had actually talked to him on the phone and I, I had seen the pictures of the bike and, uh, and it was on his balcony and I knew the setup of the, the apartment building and that we'd meet in the garage and it wasn't a creepy underground. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd have a tarpaulin laid out. Yeah. Um, and he'd have drugs to offer in tiny bags. <laughs> But um, but no, it all it all worked out fine. But it was uh, because I oh my god, the last time I rode a bike, it killed my sit bones. <laughs> anyway, so that's that. But but what a drag to go on a little road trip like that and not have anything, you know, else yeah. to do. I used know. to, and we're going to bring Miami into this whole thing anyway, but I used to go on the way down to Miami. I can't remember where it was, but there was a Levenger shop. What's that? And if, have you ever heard the word heaven? Um, <laughs> it was like this high-end, stationary, amazing, like everything you would put on a desk, uh-huh. all the like journals or card holders or, I mean, <laughs> Stationary accoutrement. Uh, I mean, and it was huge because it had a warehouse to it. 
So I would go look in the warehouse because I couldn't afford anything in general. You know, it needed to be something that was $12 or under. (laughs) And I would be sitting there talking myself in and out of a leather bound um, (laughs) pad of paper that they'd put the wrong monogram on. (laughs) And so I'd be like, how can I make BDM work? How? I have something else to tell you that I've been waiting to tell you on air, something very small. But as many people might know, I used to be obsessed with Andy Gibb, youngest of the Gibb brothers. Um, He was... As many people know. (laughs) He was beautiful. And... um, I, at one point, had thought I overheard someone when I was, like, in fourth grade say that our new youth pastor was going to be Andy Gibb, and in my (laughs) mind, it was very obvious because I'd been growing up listening that everything's a miracle, so why wouldn't it happen that Andy Gibb (laughs) turns his life over to Christ and it's like, I'm going to go to a South Florida church. Right. I mean, you had been praying somehow for him to come into your life. Why exactly. wouldn't your prayers be answered? You were told That's they right. would. Just because I'm in fourth grade and he would have been 30. It's fine. I don't think it was or fourth 25. grade, but nice try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Um, so I was, I don't know. Oh, so yeah, the other day I found out that... Um, a neighbor friend of ours, he's a drummer in a band, and and the person in the band used to date Andy Gibbs. So I'm like, oh, my God, why didn't you tell me that I'm one step away, one two, away. five, whatever, from Andy Gibb? So my husband, who's known I loved Andy Gibb from day one, said, came and goes, you know what? I was going to surprise you and send you a picture of what Andy Gibb looks like now. That's not funny. (laughs) He didn't know that he died. He didn't know anything. And I'm like, he's Australian. How did you know? You're Australian. He's like, did you know he died? I'm like, yes, I know he died. So I was just like, did you know he died? So not only was my whole church a sham, but my marriage is a sham. Oh my gosh, I thought he was just being cruel. No, he knew nothing. And he was like, I, you know. He was just going to sort of be like, see, I'm better than this guy. (laughs) Well, yes, you are. You're breathing. So you won. Um, But yeah, that's that's my sad Andy Gibbs story. But I have another happy one. As a lot of people have seen, Bonnie and our ex-pastor is uh, uh-huh. he's he's grown into a real shit pile himself. And after the Republican convention, you know, there were protesters and I can get it. We can do a whole thing about that. But our ex-pastor posted like a really vile tweet of calling people infidels and thugs, which is a racist term and on and on. 
And of course, I had to get in there. Now, he's blocked me on my personal one, <laughs> but he has not gotten me on our deconversion therapy Twitter yet. So all I wrote was, Trump has changed you. Mm. And a bunch of people liked it. Not a bunch. I don't know. Six. One of them, it pops up. <laughs> Saying Sick. Kenneth Copeland has liked your <laughs> comment. And I'm like, what? And I thought it was like some kind of, you know, satire thing. Right. So I looked and nope, it's Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And then I realized it's either some loser who's working for him <laughs> or it's Kenneth not knowing how to use his bony fingers to like things or his wife with her long nails or them just being senile. I don't know. It's somebody who he is uh, accidentally hired right. to, uh, to oh, do his social great. media who is trying to doom him. That would be awesome. It would but be. But now I think he's senile because he retweeted our, our ex-pastor's tweet as in, you know, he condoned it. So, but um, I'm saving it forever. I've posted (laughs) it. uh, I'll post it maybe in the Facebook group so people can print out much like Carmen's clock art that we covered. (laughs) And I like that, that we covered (laughs) in a previous episode. God, clock art. You know, I'm so glad that we did this today because right before we pressed record, I physically had tears in my eyes. I'm just to the point where things are making me sad, whether or not I'm thinking about them at that moment or not. I just have bouts of crying because of everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. So thanks for making me laugh with Andy Gibb. (laughs) Oh, well, you can, you know, tell my husband that. Well, (laughs) uh, the thing is... I do want to talk about briefly, like, people are having a very hard time. I don't cry because my medication has stopped that, but I do. Yeah, mine find... had too. That's how bad it is. It's, it's just like I'm myself. having urinary leakage or something, but it's coming out of my eyes. It's just right. a physical thing happening. That sounds like a tumor. So thank um, you. That's not. <laughs> that's not nice. You know how I'll, I'll Google that now. <laughs> oh, it's not a tumor. Um, but yeah, I think I am am more addicted to my phone. Like the busyness. Like let me occupy my mind. Let me occupy my mind. So I'm not in quiet because mm-hmm. that is really getting to me. And like I said, yeah. check on your black friends. It's, you know, we're trying to be sensitive and that's hard for me. Um, no, <laughs> <To> be- <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's compounded, you know, it's really compounded in different communities. I can't imagine what they feel if this is how we feel. Okay, so we have already done an episode on this guy, Jerry Falwell Jr. Go back. I was going to tease it and see if people could guess. Oh, all right. 
Well, it'll be in the title, but okay. <laughs> okay. So without looking at the title of this, please <laughs> listen to this teaser by Bonnie. Okay. So this is a meme that was on the Facebook group. And see if you can guess who we're going to discuss. It's a guy's <laughs> big face with his stupid beard. And... um. And then somebody in the background is doing something. And the words say, he layeth me beside pool water. His <laughs> rod and his staff comfort me. <laughs> yeah. His rod. Uh, I get it. That You're welcome. Rod, Just in staff. case you didn't get it, I'll say rod again. Um, <laughs> but it had a picture of a guy in a bathing rod suit. Rod Stewart. Is that <laughs> who it's about? <laughs> and that man. Um <laughs> And we're so yeah, we're going to talk about Jerry Falwell and the guy who finally came out and talked about the sexual relationship with Falwell's lady. Well, that's it. We've already covered part of Jerry Falwell Jr.'s shit show in episode 21. So, Bonnie, guess what number episode this is for us? Well, I wow. want to say 40, but then I realize there are more weeks in the year than that. So this so is maybe episode 50. 83. Oh, my God. I know. I'm sorry people had to listen to my voice. <sighs> Remember and when And by people, audio, I mean you. Oh, my God. Our audio was all jacked up at the beginning. And um, it's not like we're getting better <laughs> as far as content. But, hey, but I listened to old podcasts of Ricky Gervais, and his audio was shit. And they had right. plenty of money. They had office money. Well, that's and his what podcast I'm, audio was shit. Yeah, we haven't, of course, gotten better um, in many ways. But content-wise, maybe a little, maybe. But for it sure, is. audio. You know what? That's what I was going to say. Content-wise. This shit's falling into our lap daily. Like, we have other things we want to cover. But then, no, Jerry Falwell has to have his pants unzipped with his, you know, pelvis cleavage hanging out. Ew. And holding, I don't know a, holding a glass of brown he liquid. Calls, he, he called it black water. Oh, like, who, who? Why? Maybe that means moonshine. It's totally whiskey. I don't know what he's saying or Jack and Coke. What he's saying. I know I what he's saying. Be... He's saying drunk things that people say. Exactly. But um, where do we begin? First of all, I would like to preface all of this by saying I and probably you don't want to refer to this guy who came out with all of the the accusations that he came out with. I don't want to call him a pool boy because I think that that degrades Damn him. straight. Yep. Yeah, A, he's not a boy. And pool boy makes it sound like he was just a play thing. But he wasn't. He was a pool attendant. At one time, while working his way through Florida International University, which, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we are familiar with, and working at the Fountain Bleu, you have to say Bleh. Um So, yeah, I mean, he... In Miami, by the way. Right. And he's a professional, so I agree. Um, so the information we've gotten for this, we had to go look up a timeline because 
there's just so much. And I am looking at religionnews.com. This timeline was provided to us by Emily Mm. McFarlane Miller and Jack Jenkins. If you want really good uh, religious news, go to religionnews.com and Mm. you'll be able to find lots of good things. And I want to preface this with two things. One, we're not kink-shaming, except Bonnie and I are uncomfortable. We, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, I will fully tell anybody, we're, I'm super repressed. <laughs> we're shamed. We're like, come on, one orifice at a time, please. So we're going to not shame people's sexual life. That's not what it's about. No, it's about them being full of shit and telling other people to do one thing and them doing another. Exactly. And the other thing is, if any of this is disproven, then I'm totally fine to offer an apology. But what we have seen so far seems very proven. I will bring up a few things that are up in the air, but have a little bit of proof. So mm-hmm. let's start from Jerry Falwell was born in a manger. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, we know that Jerry Falwell Jr. took over for his father as the president of Liberty University when his father died at his desk. I didn't know that. He did? Yeah. Very Uh, tragic, I know. Um, And I know people are like, ah, but there's shit piles. You know, people hurt. We get it. All right. Um, However, okay, back to his dad, Jerry the Falwell uh, Sr. From something I read, his grandfather was um, uh, a whiskey bootlegger kind of guy. You read the same article I did. Yeah. Yeah. So so you've got the bootlegger entrepreneur guy and then you've got Jerry Falwell who's a little bit more bible thumping, moral preacher. majority creating yes. preacher. Right. And then you've got Jerry Falwell Jr. And I always find in families things skip generations and I think it's part of the nurture not the nature of how people are raised and influenced. Because in my sorority, (laughs) we would notice that one group of pledges, they were just the bitchiest girls. And then the next year they'd come along, the the girls would come in, and they would want to rush the girls who were nice. And then the nice girls would be the ones doing the work the following year. And then that next class of girls would just be bitchy. And it's because... The bitchy girls want the nice girls to join them, and the nice girls are too stupid to realize that the girls are being phony to them. So then the next class of people recruited <laughs> are the bitches. So it goes, you know, every other generation like that. And I can see how maybe Jerry Falwell's... But that's every year. That's not a generation. Well, it's an. It's where I came up with my theory. Oh, that... we will. That's going into the socialsciences.org. Yeah, I, I... But Jerry Falwell Jr. was probably a product of his really, really badly behaved father, and he probably reacted to that. And then Jerry Falwell Jr. reacted to his father and being the son of a preacher. Son of a preacher, man. That's um, right. Well, 
That's the thing is that Jerry Falwell Jr. wasn't a preacher or a minister. No. He was like a real estate guy or something. Yep, and And, an attorney. Yeah, supposedly quiet, awkward, because them the freaks. And (laughs) he, um, and the sheets, and he... Uh, yeah, then he's thrust into this position thrust, um, <laughs> that he's not totally comfortable with. So in 2012, this is before our world started crumbling when Hamilton, I think, had just come out where no. Obama was, you know, read books. Okay, so Jerry Falwell meets John Carlo. Granda at yeah, the Fountain He Blue. and his wife, Becky. Yeah, Becky, um, with an I. And that's all we need to do. And scene. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, so they meet at this uh, Fountain Blue Hotel. So Jerry and Becky are down there. Now, their interview's out, and this is how they met. Um John Carlo said that he was at the hotel. He noticed a woman staring at him. Yeah. And she started flirting. Let me burp. Done. And and he flirted back. Of course. He's 20 years old, 21 years old. And then she's like, do you want to come back to my room? And, you know, he's hormonal anyway. He's like, sure. And she <laughs> says, well, not here. So she gets his number, then she calls him or texts him from a blocked number. Yeah. Says, meet at this other hotel. He goes to that hotel. She's in the lobby to meet him. And she says, but, is according to Giancarlo Granda, mm-hmm. um, my husband is going to join us. And that sort of makes him a little weirded out. Yeah, But she said, it's okay. He won't get involved at all. He'll just be in the room. He likes to watch. (laughs) So then he's like, okay. He goes into the room and Jerry Falwell is supposedly laid out on. They obviously got um, a double room because there were two beds. Jerry's in one bed, sprawled out and drunk. Becky offers... Giancarlo, some whiskey to relax. Giancarlo says, hey, man, if this is going to make you uncomfortable or jealous, just please tell me. And Jerry says, no, quote, go for it. And then he was laying on the bed giggling. Giggling is where I'm done. Um, So then things happened and Giancarlo uh, has said to George Stephanopoulos and other interviewers like Anderson Cooper, Jerry enjoyed himself, but he did not jump into the ring. Um, so <laughs> that is Okay, so can we stop for one second and just discuss the fact that at some point, <clears throat> the two of them, as a married couple, have to have a conversation about are we going to do this or are we not? And they're, they're, they're getting their room. And, you know, the person behind the desk says, how many beds? And they have to look at each other and they're thinking, hmm, what's, what's more convenient if we have a third person with us? 
These yeah. are things that they have to actually deal with and think about. And, and, and chances for them to go, eh, you know what, maybe let's go back to the fountain blue. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, that they went to one hotel so people, I guess, who were with them at the fountain blue wouldn't see. But also, John uh, Carlos said that they had said, Jerry and Becky, that they had gone to a swingers club and he names oh, the club right. the, night, the before. night before. And that they said they didn't like it. There were too many periods, too many periods, gross. <laughs> there were too many people. And so right. they wanted what John Carlos said as a private session. So, um, yeah. And it makes you wonder, you know, when they first were dating, was this part of the mix? Has this been going on for a long time, you know, and and we'll have some clues. But, and, you know, where this got started? In their hearts. In their thought life. That's it. <laughs> I mean, there's no room for Jesus anywhere. Um, yep. I guess, yeah, in their youth group, there is a lot of, uh, I'm having some thought life problems again, Jerry. Um, but, but Becky, too, which, you know, I, I think everyone jumped right to Jerry Falwell and this guy had a right. homosexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And so this, quote, twist of Becky being the aggressor. Mm -hmm. Has really thrown everyone. Um, thrown everyone. You know who was thrown? Her. He threw her so hard under the bus. It was all her. I was just there in the room. But, you know, they just must have discussed that, too. I guarantee. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. They PR were probably like, were. you've got to throw me under the bus because I don't have an official position at Liberty. Yeah. And we need to get that money, which they did. <laughs> Are we going to talk about that later or now? Eh, we can. Let's spread out the fun. Okay. All right. Well, all right. So so then we have on the timeline 2015. You want me to take that one? Correct. Sure. Okay. So Liberty University becomes a popular conservative speaking spot. So the university apparently emerges as a popular spot for conservative speakers and presidential hopefuls in 2015. And that started when Senator Ted Cruz of Texas launches his White House bid from the school's campus. Um, apparently, Jeb Bush from Florida also spoke a few months later at their commencement. And then Trump makes a stop early in the following year. Uh, let's see. The trend continues into Trump's first term with the president speaking at the school multiple times. Although Democratic candidate and Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders also addresses at the school in 2015, some students grow frustrated with the mostly Republican slate of speakers. Yeah, it seems like liberty then, I think right around two. Uh, 2014, they changed and, quote, loosened some of their rules, and they were trying to open it up a little more. Mm -hmm. So I looked at some videos of Liberty students talking about their rules. And, of course, women are have the most thrown on them. When going to class, no shorts are allowed on men or women. See, and that's good. 
and girls <laughs> with skirts, it has to be a certain length. Um, of course, there's like our college, no guys going into the girls' halls and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But how many days of the week did we have chapel? One. They have it three. It's I called... think they have to because of how many students there are, though. No, they have to attend all three. What? That's what they said. We have it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And okay. that there's a speaker and all that. And um, that you can only miss one a semester. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, that is baffling to me because when I was looking up information about the university, do you know how many undergrads they have? A lot. It's a shitload. 45,000 and change. It's That's a lot right. of people. And then with your when you're with your other um with your other, oh my God, what do you call them that are not Grand undergraduates? Yes. <laughs> with your with your upper uh, education students, uh, it totals seventy nine thousand. That's a huge population of people. It really that is. I mean, I mean, no wonder people are going there trying to wrangle them up because they're also voters. They're all over eighteen. Yep, and they're very close to D.C. They know what they're doing. So I also watched this other video where this this girl from Liberty does interviews with different people, and one was, how far is too far? And she interviews 10 guy students. and 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 none of them are telling the truth. They know a lot of them are very earnest. They're like, well, the Bible says don't do this and that. And they joke about how nothing good happens in the dark, which we were always told. <laughs> um, and, you know, a lot of them have this very well, you know, if you're looking for a quality girl, you don't want to do anything beyond kissing and, you know, making out for hours. What does that do except you know, get your hormones and your lust going. So you need to keep that out of things. And so it just keeps going like that. But one, if not two, my gaydar was dinging off the hook. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's just like our college where a lot of parents would send their kids there to, quote, fix them or protect them or keep them away from the, quote, world. So, yeah. Yeah, and I can see a lot of kids, you know, if it's sanctioned by my parents, at least it's a chance for me to get out of the house on mom's dime, dad's dime. Yep. And uh, I can do what I want once that I'm once I'm there cuz 49,000 kids cannot be pure. Well, sorry. Then we get into the leader. <laughs> yeah. Well, that okay. okay, so let's see where we are on the time frame. Um Right here. I'm you next. talk about the Muslims. Okay. So in December 2015, we start seeing some public things that Falwell's doing because we don't know yet what's happening on the double beds and, and hotels. <laughs> so after the San Bernardino, California shootings, uh, which were done, I think, by a Muslim, Falwell sparks one of his first national controversies 
by saying to the student body, I've always thought if more good people had concealed carry permits, then we could end those Muslims before they walked in. So if he's saying this to the students, he's really encouraging students to carry. And then he has the whole thing about Muslims being the main shooters, which, of course, we have uh, facts that disprove that. Oh, so let's talk about January 216, 2016. The worst month. The Trump endorsement. So apparently in January 2016, wait a minute, that can't be right, can it? It is. Okay. All right. Uh, Falwell becomes one of Donald Trump's earliest and most outspoken evangelical supporters because he endorses his presidential campaign. Um, A longtime Liberty Board member resigns over the endorsement. I like that guy. Uh, Mm. And a number of students publish a statement expressing their disappointment, foreshadowing future departures and statements from Liberty students, staff, and alumni. Okay, so the interesting thing to me here is that Ted Cruz's dad was all about getting that endorsement for Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't expected that he would endorse Trump. And so now everybody's speculating like, oh, well, this is because Michael Cohen got him out of something to do with some photographs. And now we're putting the pieces together where the photographs of the pool attendant person. Um, And so did Jerry Falwell owe Trump uh, the endorsement? And absolutely. uh, I think. And, you know, again, we've said this before. Jerry Falwell, by endorsing, brought a lot of evangelical voters in. I mean, that was the crossing point for a lot of this. And so it was all based on his immorality and that Trump knew. So what was happening or what we can assume now and that it's being put together, go back to episode 21 So Michael Cohen was a lawyer of Trump's. He's the one who who is in jail, but then they let him go because of COVID, and he went out and fucked around and got thrown back in jail because he was violating the terms of his release. And is it wearing that jacket? So (laughs) Michael Cohen looks like almost every guy we went to school with in South Florida who wears the plaid pants, but he wears the plaid jacket, and his hair is just a little too long. Not long, but just a little. And I'm Um, sure he has penny loafers on with no socks. Totally. Um, And, you know, he's tan and all that. So he was one of Trump's (laughs) lawyers. Okay, so Michael Cohen, along with everyone else who started with Trump— Doesn't it, one, seem like a decade ago? Because (laughs) all these guys are in jail, like nearly all of them. So, you know, he's got a whole new group with him. But Michael Cohen ended up with a photo that I think the actor uh, who's married to Tom Arnold. 
Tom Arnold knew about too. I don't know how Tom Arnold is in the mix and all this, but um, I'm sure it's a South Florida thing where they would all hang out and be assholes. But they had a picture. And supposedly this picture is in the hands of a third party, which made me laugh because, you know, three. Anyway, um, (laughs) the other person in the room and... It is what Cohen said, not of a, uh, what you would see. Oh, wait, no. It's the kind of photo that only a husband and wife would share with one another. Okay. Isn't that it? Yeah. And we don't know what that means. And who knows where this photo is. But that supposedly was known at this time by Jerry Falwell and, of course, Trump. And so that's how the endorsement happened. Yeah. Well, that's what we, that's what all signs point to. Yeah. We don't have the proof, but I think it's kind of, it's all coming together. (laughs) Totally. And that's why we let uh, real people who do real work find this out. And then we copy and paste it into a doc. (laughs) Okay, 2016, this is where, to me, I did some extra research and was like, oh, shit. All right, so Falwell signs this deal for an 18-acre athletic center on Liberty property over to the Falwell's personal trainer, Benjamin Crosswhite. So the Falwells had been having personal sessions with this cross white guy training sessions uh, yeah (laughs) we don't like the word (laughs) sessions at all anymore um for about five years when he was a 23 year old liberty school graduate so the deal raises some eyebrows because according to reuters which is a great news source for unbiased uh news (laughs) Liberty adjusted the price and financed the purchase of this 18-acre athletic center for this cross-white guy. And then uh, it was defended as being a beneficial, you know, deal for the university. I'm sure it was. It seems, you know, that this Benjamin Crosswhite all of a sudden gets this amazing deal because as the John Carlo guy says, when um, they approached him, Jerry Falwell said to John Carlo, we like to invest in good entrepreneur students, young men. It's getting weirder and weirder in regard to real estate, help them get real estate, etc. So now we have this Benjamin Crosswhite is getting looked at even more. And there are some definite signs that he might have also been cajoled into a position that he did not prefer. Or maybe Mm -hmm. he did. Who cares? No judgment. But I really think if Crosswhite was, he just needs to grab that money that Falwell just got, (laughs) even though he resigned at Liberty, 
he's going to get about $10 million and a half dollars. Yeah, and he kind of bragged about it from everything I read. Yeah. So, Crossway, go after it. I mean, seriously. Uh, to me, it seems like they like investing in young people because they're dumb enough to realize, oh, this is a great idea if I get involved with these people. You know, because when you're that totally. age, you think, oh, I can do this for sure. Yeah, why shouldn't I be taken under the wing of these people? Yeah. And like um, John Carlo Granda, the the main guy, don't want get people to get confused. The pool um, guy. He was the pool attendant, and now uh, what is he? He's a I don't know. Does he do marketing? He's something. But yeah. um, the original guy that uh, maybe the first whistleblower, we don't know what to call him yet. But according to him. The Falwells brought him into their family. He took vacations that he right. wouldn't otherwise afford with the family, got to know the people, felt complimented, um, you know, just really built up his ego. And then they also got involved with his family. So you get in the messy situation where, they're grooming these young men in one way or another, whether they're using each one sexually or not. Mm-hmm. They're definitely using them in some way. Well, I think they're using their naivete as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we kind of talked about the Cohen pictures, but talk about the hostel, which we talked about in the last one. Oh, you go ahead. I'm tired of hearing oh. my... Yeah, <laughs> I will tell you. Okay, so apparently in 2019, Falwell settles a lawsuit with this guy, Gordon Bellow, who claimed the Falwells promised him and a family member a stake in a hostel down in Miami. It was a business venture that he um, and Becky got involved in with Granda, the pool attendant guy. Um so, and something else that I read said Granda didn't know what to do with the offer to have some money to invest in something, and he be he asked the advice of uh, this guy and his father, like, what should I do with this money? And he's telling me what you know I can invest it in something. So they bought Who's this the hostel. Guy and the uh, Gordon Bellow, I think. Oh, okay. Granda asked Gordon Bellow. And his, yeah, sorry. his father. Got it. I, I can keep them straight a little bit more by who they are as far as their characters. Like the pool attendant who was chummy with <laughs> with Becky and Jerry said yeah. to his friend and his friend's dad, like, what do I do with this money they've offered to give me? Because um, that's the voice he would have used. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, okay, so they get this hostel down there. In Miami, that caters to uh, the LGBTQ community, and it's not an upscale hostel at all. No, and no. I, I looked up, <laughs> and I talked about it. I think in the last bit that we did about this, um, somebody wrote an article about going and staying there, and it is just—it sounds like a nightmare. It's—I mean, it reads like it stinks. Physically, totally. if like you're disinfectant, you know, right? If you're and, young and you're just coming out, and you're like, I want to know everything and have my hands stick to a wall 
because <laughs> then and that's my, the place. And Miami hotels are so expensive. Mm-hmm. If you just want a place to sleep in between going out to the beach and going out and drinking until the early morning, then, you know, all you need is a bed. Right. And, this is and the all place the light bulbs are purple. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. That's it. You've got it. Um Okay, so the Gordon Bellow went to, like, high school with Granda, so they were already friends. So they got into the financial, you know, thing with the hostel. Falwell still owned a share. Like, Falwell was like, I'm putting my money towards this LBGT hostel that's sketchy as hell. And that in itself... You know, we're becoming so used to the hypocrisy now that just that one fact. Can you imagine if our Baptist College president had invested in something like that? That's it. That would be it. Okay, not in his defense as a human being, but sort of as a defense of his role. Um Every time things like this happened, Falwell Jr. would say he is not a moral leader, no shit, Um, that his job was to grow Liberty University's endowment and the campus and the student body. And he said, he said to one critic on Twitter, I have never been a minister, um, pointing to his background as a lawyer and real estate developer. Um, I've always been a shyster. (laughs) Um, he says the faculty, students, and campus pastor are the ones who keep LU strong spiritually as the best Christian university in the world, he added. While I'm proud to be a conservative Christian, my job is to keep LU successful academically, financially, and in athletics. So, I mean, yeah. he didn't claim to be something that he wasn't, but he sure wasn't as even a negative or wait, he sure wasn't even as a baseline, very moral. And I saw a clip because to go back and really bring damage to this, when John Carlo was interviewed recently about this, he had a phone conversation recorded mm-hmm. and It had Becky saying, oh, I'm having a hard time with you having a girlfriend. I get so jealous or something like that. And you can hear, quote, Jerry in the background say, you're making her jealous. And, you know, like the three of them are on this conversation. So I want to go hear a clip of Becky's voice and his Mm -hmm. just to see. And it definitely sounded like Becky. But the clip I found was of Becky and Jerry saying, we're so proud to help lead this college and these students in their spiritual, um, you know, maturity. Yeah. So they, they saw themselves and sold themselves in that way at some point. At some point, yeah. yeah. I mean, as a worldly guy, none of this would have come out. If he was doing this for the University of, I don't know, Arizona, you know, I, nobody I, would yeah. have cared that much. Maybe. You know, I think it's still, you know, um, at least at the university I would be at. If, if that happened among 
they just would be like, no, you're not the, the, what we want representing. You're too damaging to, you know, the university. Um, so I think that's what just makes it even worse. Yeah. Is, yeah. So this Bellow kid. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. He's a man now. <clears throat> he's now a lawyer. He's in Miami. Or as my grandmother used to call it, Miami. Um, and he says that he was also in a relationship with Becky. Hmm. And, you know, because they met through John Carlo and he's young and there you mm -hmm. go. But when Michael Cohen started showing up and sticking his nose everywhere and had the photograph, this bellow guy got nervous enough that he changed his identity. Oh, that's right. And now he's, <laughs> now he's coming out. And Bello just, you know, in the last week said, quote, John Carlo is not telling the full truth. I hope yeah. he finds the courage to do so. Oh, my gosh. Now, that makes me think that Jerry did get off his bed <laughs> at one point in this whole thing. Oh, good Lord. Blackmail is never good, but if he wasn't in the position that he allowed himself to be in as like some kind of a spiritual leader, then no one could have blackmailed him. And in, is he being blackmailed? Is he doing the blackmailing first? You know, the, it's a whole yeah. just disgusting pile of sperm. Well, That's he what, thinks that he didn't break any rules. Well, that is, <laughs> you know, we were talking about Sean Foyt before. It is, it's the ego. It's the arrogance and right. just thinking, you know, this can all be kept and they rationalize it, which is so weird because my growing up in the church, I have a hard time rationalizing some stuff that I would love to rationalize. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Talk about the Instagram scandals. Okay. So when this started really hitting the fan is the beginning of August, August 7th, um, Falwell has agreed to do an indefinite leave of absence from his role as president um, and chancellor after he had posted, and you know this was drunk posting, <laughs> and he photo. quickly deleted it. Yeah. Or his kid did or something. Um, because he was with, I think, his kids and and his wife's secretary and all that on a yacht somewhere. And he posts a photo with his arm around a woman who I thought was wearing a wig, but she's not. Yeah. Who is supposedly pregnant. Um, That's the assistant. Yeah. And she's cute. She looks like a grown pebbles from Flintstones. And <laughs> her pants are unzipped because, you know, she's growing. Yeah, and, and she can't close her jeans. Yeah. Her so jean I'm shorts, sure her Daisy Dukes. They were laughing drunkily about it. Um, so, he, so he emulated it, and he has his pants unzipped because he has COVID weight gain and can't zip his pants either, he said. Uh, and if you which is in, funny, is it? Is it's it? It's funny 
except for who he is and except for the fact that she's got another man's baby growing in her and she's wearing Daisy Dukes. <laughs> she has her shirt hiked up and you can see his underpants. Ah, it's funny except for so many things. <laughs> and that he's totally drunk. I mean, it's obvious when he actually says that he was holding black water. I That's where I stopped. So he thought it was funny. He posted it. And then, of course, people get in and look at what he likes. And you can tell what people like on Instagram. And they find out he's been liking Instagram photos of women in bikinis. Okay. Um, How hard is it to look at a picture of a lady in a bikini and not press the little heart. How hard is that? Sober. <laughs> so he, You can't just look at it? I think one of his hands is busy. Oh, the stop other it. Is, I'm not joking. I think He's he drunk. mixed up which social media he was, double tapped it to try to make it bigger, and didn't realize it. And, oh, is, I am sure that... <laughs> He also probably has other social media, um, yeah, accounts. I mean, can't he like something from a burner account? Yeah. Because he obviously has blocked numbers (laughs) and all that. So So, this brings me to the thing. Did you see the, uh, the bit on Reddit about all of the things that he, if he had done them as a student, he would have been fined? and accrued certain amount of points against him and possibly been expelled. Oh, he would have been expelled for sure by yeah, now. So, but yeah. <laughs> so there's 63 counts of things against him, which would have accrued him 965 points, which is $9,195 <laughs> of a penalty and 900 hours of service hours and 40 expulsions, it says. My God. Yeah. And I so. mean, some of them, I mean, you're not supposed to be seen anywhere being, um, yeah, not showing like a Christian Oh, spirit. here, let me just read a few of them. Yeah. Uh, action, mocking poor people, mocking people with disabilities, watching an inappropriate TV show, drinking, being on the yacht, um, states of partial undress, smoking, inappropriate attire, Um and then it tells what policy and guideline were broken. You know, dress code violation. Having <laughs> your underpants showing. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. So I just. So then another shoe falls after this. People were looking more and more into things, and he was really getting pressured uh, by reporters because reporters for where where'd the big story break? Reuters. Reuters called him, got in touch, and said, hey, we have the John Carlos saying things, and mm-hmm. this is going to come out, and what do you want to say? And he didn't answer them, but he got in touch with the not the Washington Post, the Washington Examiner, big difference. <laughs> and then he gave his whole throwing his wife under the bus situation. Well, anyway, 
So this is almost over. Thank God. I'm so tired of looking at his face. I'm tired of his gross stomach cleavage. I know. I know. So finally he resigned after the uh, accusation by Granda about the whole relationship thing. Um, and we're, are we done? Well, are we done with you, jackass? <laughs> nope. Because we have one other guy who's come forward. So, Who's that? Yeah. There is a, a friend of, I think, their son who has come forward. Or maybe uh, I, I'm making that up. Might not be a friend of the son. What happened is that there were some Liberty young men who were in a band and the Falwells said, yeah, you can come to our house for rehearsal space. And I think, you know, it was an open house. Some of them, it was really open, would sleep over. So maybe one was a friend of the son's. Uh, and I'm, I wish some were younger than the age of consent. I hate to say it because I want some jail time. But this guy said that... Becky came into the bedroom, got in bed, and started doing things to him. And it wasn't the first time. Now oh, she's right. come out and totally denied it. But another kid who is a friend of his states that, you know, this happened however many years ago, whether it was 12 years ago, five, that this guy who she uh, went after and had different you know, things with him, um, had told a friend within a month of it happening. So there's some corroboration there. Um, oh my God. There's this is so funny. It's not, it's not enough to just look at a lady in a bikini. You have to like the picture. It's not enough to just fuck around with someone who's not your husband. You have to tell a friend. People, keep your mouth shut. Keep your orifices in general <laughs> shut so <laughs> well i again it sounds like i'm kink shaming i'm going to say this again no but if you're a if public you're, figure and you want to do this do go. it do it if in your bedroom mor- right. close the and doors if, don't videotape it don't take pictures if you're a moral leader either step down because you know the sadness is Liberty University graduates were already a joke, unfortunately, or fortunately. Now it's worse. Like, I would be so pissed. I'm like, I'd be like, I don't want to go anywhere with this degree and be like, I graduated from Liberty because what's the first thing that people are going to say? So I think. Well, Jerry, and we didn't even talk about the black athletes there who fled after they said some racial bullshit. Ugh. But anyway. I mean, let, yeah. let us let us maybe end this on part of that CNN article where Callum Best, a 2020 Liberty graduate, in an online opinion column said, Falwell's zipper has been down for a long time. <laughs> yeah. We've seen everything, and it's too disturbing to stay quiet. Um, then came the revelations of the affair, um, his growing reputation as a center of Christian conservatism, Bah, 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 appeared to be flouting the very beliefs that accounted for his moral power. Um, 
he said, when a conservative Christian gets snared in a sex scandal, critics critics immediately cry hypocrisy, as if one sinner's fall discredits an entire faith. But Jerry Falwell Jr. wasn't a hypocrite. He never pretended to be holier than thou. Like many successful capitalists, he believed that money made him invulnerable. His fatal sin wasn't hypocrisy. It was hubris. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. That's your sure. Yeah, my word. Yeah. I think there are a lot of enablers. I mean, obviously, there are more people who at least saw them drunk. And at a minimum, if Falwell has come out and said, yes, my wife did have an affair, then we can take that as true. But right now, Becky is saying our love for each other is stronger than ever. And I'm just like, that I just, everything's bullshit. It's all bullshit. And I want to thank the podcast, Trashy Divorces, that instantly when this story broke, tweeted, <laughs> my God, please get on this. We want to hear an emergency episode. We didn't do an emergency <laughs> one. We were going to do one on Jerry Falwell Jr. about a month or two ago. And we kept saying, Let's just wait. I think more is coming. And even after this, there is more coming. And what I hope you'll do is go listen to Trashy Divorces for when they cover the divorce of the Falwells, because one of them's got to save face or tuck money somewhere or something. I don't know. I don't know. I think that there's something that you and I inherently don't understand about the bond of people like this. Like to me, Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, whatever goes on, there is that bond and they are not separating ever. Yeah. And it, it's probably more this us against them, this team. There's are too many secrets yep. to trust each other to <laughs> divorce. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah. if but you, why get divorced <clears throat> if you can go banging, you know, younger guys that aren't yeah. your husband? Yeah. And Hello. I say if you were in the situation with the Falwells, or even if you graduated from Liberty, I say if you were involved with the Falwells in any form, come forward, grab that money, and do what you want with it. Like uh, even Liberty students who are doubting their faith will grab you, will take you in. Don't, you know, feel shamed. You were groomed by this guy and his wife and their behavior and try and get some help immediately because it really, none of this is your fault. These are predators. They yeah, really this are. is not normal. I mean, a 21-year-old is still kind of a kid. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the guy's hormones and all these yeah. guys. And uh, yeah, y'all were groomed. And Liberty <laughs> students, you were groomed too. You were groomed and, by your upbringing and then put in this situation at this university um, that is just, you know, it's a shit show. Well, one of the other things I like that you asked me, do you think he's going to be tithing from that $10.5 million (laughs) severance package? And to Hmm. who? Wonder where that money will go. 
Man, I just keep thinking the word orifices. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks. (laughs) Have a great week. Send in your true funny stories that aren't tragic disasters like this one. If you went to Liberty University and you want to say anything, uh, you can even be anonymous. We'll read it. I would love to hear like, yeah, I met him at a party once and he was like this or that. We're up for it. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be anything scandalous. It can just be like, he took the last hors d'oeuvre, you know, selfish, (laughs) whatever it is. We don't care. Um, send it in. Thanks for that. (laughs) Deconversiontherapypodcast.com. All right. Have a great week. Stop being fucking shit piles and following them. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. Bye.